You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back to Murder Speaks. Now that we're in lockdown again, I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. So today's real crime story is about 21-year-old Saliha Huda of Gainesville, Florida. She was a student and a Florida Gator cheerleader. The night of December 29th, she makes plans to go dancing with her friend Indy, but she never shows up. So her friend sends her a text message, but she doesn't respond. Two days later, she gets a phone call from Saliha's mother. Her sister calls her and checks her Facebook, but there's no activity. On New Year's Day, about three days later, her family reports her missing. The police go to her apartment. There are no signs of foul play at first. Then they go into Saliha's bedroom and find her dog. It looks like the dog has been in there a long time. The police scan the parking lot and Saliha's car isn't there. Two days earlier, around 3 a.m. on December 30th, the police respond to an out-of-control fire on the side of the road in the bushes, and there's a body in the fire. Forensics take photographs at the scene. It appears to be a black female. On the side of the road, they find a clean paper towel. The evidence that's collected is sent for DNA testing. They get a fingerprint and it belongs to Salia. The police start to question people who knew her. Salia's family tells police about her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Antonio Drayton. They had trouble in their relationship. He was physically abusive and was arrested for domestic battery. However, Salia didn't pursue the charges, so they were dropped. He decides to call the police before they call him. He gives them a DNA sample and they question him. Well, just let's start at the very, very beginning. How did you meet Celia? I saw her out in the club, and she wrote me on MySpace, and we began talking. Just hanging out, you're exclusive? No. Like, and more than one woman? She dated you, and you dated her, and that was it? Oh, no, no, no. That's, I was seeing other women, that sort of thing, but she took an ass. I was her boyfriend, she didn't know none of this at first. You know, and she didn't know about any other girl. She felt like, it was me and her. Did you ever hit her? No. Well, I didn't, we didn't got in some fights. I slammed her. I slammed and made pushed her. I have. But I, I won't I won't punch her. I wish she was around. I never punched her. I would not punch that girl. I would not. And I would not. No. No. I would not. No. My thing is, all this is like frustrating. It's all frustrating to me. And it's like discombobulated because I have to sit down and you're going by time frames. You're going by time frames, and I'm, I'm thinking too fast and doing too much. At the same time, I'm telling you, when I'm not with her, I'm with, I'm, 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 I'm being sneaky or doing something else. You got caught up. I got caught up. Did you kill Celia? No, I did not kill no Celia. I did not kill Celia. No, I did not kill Celia. I did not kill this woman. Do you know who killed this girl? No, I do not know who killed this woman. I did not kill this woman. I do not know who killed this woman. I lied. I lied. I done wrong, but she was good to me. And even when I, even when I was, she was there for me. All right. So one tonight, what did you do? 
He tells police he was with Cassandra Kimbrough at the time of the murder, and they confirm his alibi. And Cass, Cass, Cass knows everything that goes on, and she plays like the friendly part. Or whatever, I do my thing, she don't say nothing. It's like Cass can come to the house and, and nobody knows. She, she's just a friend of me, and that's all they see. Yeah, yeah, she won't say nothing to none of them. Angela's my new girlfriend, and, and Angela knows all this stuff now. I told Angela about it. Angela asked me, have you been still talking to Celia? I say, no. She texts me, I'm a big liar. Angela's like, well, I don't, I don't trust you anymore, and you got to prove such and such. They speak to one of his girlfriends, Angela. Angela and Celia had issues in the past. They were both dating Antonio. Two months before Celia is murdered, Celia and Angela get into a heated argument at a nightclub and they get into a physical fight. Angela gets a restraining order against Celia. Celia goes to Antonia's apartment and Angela is there. Celia gets arrested for breaking the restraining order. She decides to be done with Antonio for good. January 5th, the police bring Angela in for questioning. So then the next day of week is Wednesday. Wednesday, I went to work. So she apologized about that. And um, I just, I basically was just like, if, if me and her could have talked from the beginning, then there would have, I would have never put a restraining order out against her. She's just like, I just want to get this injunction dropped so that I can graduate and move on with my life. They take a DNA sample from her and they get permission to search her car. The police subpoena hers and Antonio's phone records. And while they're waiting for DNA results, they go through gas station surveillance footage. Celia's car pulls up, but it's not Celia in the car. This person buys gas and leaves. It was a woman that looked like Angela. Phone records confirm Angela was at work and at home when Celia was murdered. Celia's car was found in an apartment complex. The car was searched, and the inside of the car smelt like gas. Antonio's relatives tell police that he stopped there to ask for a gas can and a shovel. The family members confirm the black female in the surveillance footage is Cassandra. Cassandra and Antonio were involved in Celia's murder. The paper towel found at the scene had Antonio's DNA on it. We know you were there. You see that? See that? That little white thing. See that? That's a tissue or a nap. It's a napkin. Guess whose DNA is all over that? Yours. But what happened? She can't do it. She can't do it. She can't Everybody just called up. February 2nd, 2011, Cassandra and Antonio were arrested. Police put them in separate rooms and questioned them. Antonio blamed Cassandra. He tells police that Cassandra went to Celia's apartment. The police confirmed that nobody had entered her apartment because they had entrance records, as it was a key card entry. He tells police Cassandra hit her in the head with a fire extinguisher at his apartment. 
who the police speak to Cassandra. She finally tells the police what really happened. She goes to Antonio's apartment and he tells Cassandra he did something to her. He tells Cassandra he needs help getting rid of her body. So they drive to Antonio's relative's house and pick up the gas can and shovel. They fill up the gas station, they fill up the gas can, they fill up at the gas station and Antonio lights the fire. Antonio set Salia on fire. Antonio is charged with first-degree murder. Cassandra is charged as an accessory. But she makes a deal with the police because she arrived after Salia was already dead. If she testifies against Antonio, she'll get two years of prison and eight years of supervision. Antonio accepts a plea deal once he finds out that Cassandra is going to testify against him. May 3rd, 2012, Antonio is sentenced to 45 years in prison. He never tells police why he killed Talia Huda. So he was dating Angela and Cassandra and Talia. This man was very busy juggling women. I'm not really sure why Cassandra wanted to protect him. He had no intention of protecting her. He was throwing her under the bus. I'm glad that she testified against him and he got the time that he deserved. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Sharing is caring. And if you are a true crime addict like me, check out my store, crystalkiss.com. That's crystal with a K for some murder merch. Start killing it with Crystal Kiss Murder Merch. Join me again on Murder Speaks. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Bye.